0: Introducing The Vet Detective, brought to you by PSI Vet, a quick and candid series for veterinary professionals, where we uncover the underlying challenges that limit your business's potential. Featuring your host, PSI Vets, Kimberly Schaefer. Hello, listeners. Thanks for tuning in to The Vet Detective this week. I'm going to be talking today about turnover, but not the apple pie kind. Although I really wish I was having a reason to talk about apple pie turnover because I can be having some right now. I'm going to start this episode off with a random weird story. So I went to a clinic once to speak with the practice owner, never been there before. Um, and the thing that I noticed right away was that there were flies in the lobby and it was very humid and kind of sticky. And there was uh, just one receptionist sitting at a desk and she just yelled back to, uh, to the back and said, yelled back to the, by first name to the doctor and said, come here. And uh, this practice owner came to speak to me. Um, he was wearing, you know, pants and a dress shirt, but he had Birkenstocks with, uh, you know, open toes. Um, and although he was very welcoming, I couldn't get past the appearance and the flies. So I just wanted to, to tell you that weird story. As an icebreaker and also gets you thinking about um presentation so when we jump in and we start talking about turnover is it common right now yes absolutely every practice i speak with is actively hiring i can't go into a practice without having them ask me if i know anyone that's willing to work there so a lot of times people are you know actively have posts on indeed or linkedin those are about three to four hundred dollars a month leads to candidates um or not but most of the time they get get a bunch of candidates um some are qualified some are not qualified and the qualified ones you know lead to appointments that either get cancelled or actually have no shows which is something that i don't really necessarily remember Having to deal with much when I was in practice and actively hiring, so the no-show thing is is kind of interesting, um, and I'm sure that you guys listening can can relate that you've had these similar situations. So, how do we change this? Now, today we're going to just talk about a bunch of different things that can really impact whether or not you have turnover or not. So, first thing to talk about is seasoned experienced technicians want out their burnout they um you know have compassion fatigue or just really kind of can't do this anymore i see it all the time in, in chat groups and um, just talking with different technicians they're just there's just done um and it leads to them moving on to things like consulting or things like um sales rep jobs or just leaving the industry altogether. So we don't want that, right? We want those seasoned. We want those really great technicians to stick around because they're vital to the industry. Um, there's also not enough veterinarians for the current industry growth. So you know, new veterinarians coming right out of school, they can ask for more benefits. They can ask for higher salaries because people are going to pay. Now it may not be an independent practice that's willing to pay. It's likely going to be something more like a corporate practice and corporates are flying up out of everywhere. And so it's very easy for these new uh, veterinarians that are coming out of practice to really get good benefits and and get a good work-life balance. And so we need to be thinking about that when we're considering what we're willing to offer. So, Independent practice owners, you know, typically hate corporate because of the better opportunities available to prospects. So what how do we combat that? We really, you know, independent practices that are looking to hire or looking to keep your good employees that you already have have to step it up. Uh, Offer lucrative benefits, um, health insurance, plan health plans. You know, is there a good work-life balance? Are there lunch breaks? Um, Is there community involvement? Do you provide uniforms? And and not just uniforms that you wear to work, but do you provide jackets and sweaters and swag for the practice? Uh, You know, are there bonus programs or profit sharing? Do you have 401K? This is so important. And I can tell you from personal experience, when you have an employee that has given years and years and years of their life, working for practice and at the end of the day, don't have anything vested in that practice. Sometimes that can be the tipping point where you really just kind of look back and think of I've I've worked here for fill in the blank years and I really walk away. I could walk away here with really nothing. And that's, that's not where someone wants to be with their life. They want to have something vested in the practice or vested in their job. You know, Offer to pay for final school years for some of these new, new students, new veterinarians that are coming out of school. They have astronomical student debt, as you probably know, and, you know, find programs where you can offset that by helping to finance that last school year with a commitment for them to work for you. And then technology, do you have good technology in your practice? Old school doesn't work anymore. So you know people who are looking for jobs and not just millennials even you know the zennials and some of the baby boomers they're looking for places to work that are up to times with technology have good ways of of reaching clients have good ways of having communication within the practice and so you know making sure that you're taking a good long look at your your current uh technology that you have and and maybe consider amping it up a little bit if you're still still have paper records don't have a text you know opportunity for your practice don't have an online store um, you know some of those things you know still doing paper reminders things like that um, can be can be a make or break for someone who's looking to work at your practice or stay at your practice do you guys have any education and training Um, are there advancement opportunities and what is your culture so, you know, I've thrown out a lot of different things that we can dive into a little bit more, but really put yourself in, in in their shoes, a potential hire or an employee, a really good employee who's been with you for a very long time. Would you want to work in your own practice if you came off the street? Would you feel like you would be um, satisfied, paid well, appreciated, and have a good sense of... Um, Ownership in in your job. If you were just, you know, a person that you were trying to hire. So when we look at it, kind of dive in a little bit deeper to some of these things that we talked about, you know, do you have core values? People want a sense of purpose. So everything ties back into your values and your why. Um, I'm sure I'm sure some of you have heard of the Simon Sinek why, but it, it is really important because it really is going to again make or break that attachment to your practice, um, you know, everything tying back to those values. You can even have the merit-based raises, bonuses, you know, any any type of affirmation or kudos um, as well as disciplinary and accountability. They, they can tie back into your core values. So, you know, when someone is hired, they have an expectation of what you're, what you expect out of them, the, you know, leading that into what their expectations are. Do you have a system in your practice? You know, SOPs or standard operating procedures are important to the newer generations. Um, the old way of thinking is is pretty much out where, you know, looking for things to do, kind of taking initiative and and figuring things out on your own. That's that's a little bit more of a, an older way of thinking. And, and granted, I, I come from that generation as well. And it's hard to get out of that mindset and not understand, like, why people don't just Want to work or want to look for things to do, but the newer generations aren't lazy. They're not just looking for reasons to to not work. They just have a different way of of working and and, and attaining goals. So they want structure. You know, when you provide adequate training and direction, your team can check off the boxes and feel accomplished, and so they have more of a sense of like like I said, accomplishment, because this is what I was supposed to do, I did it, check. Versus I don't really know what I'm supposed to do, but I think this is what I'm supposed to do, so I'm gonna go and try this and hope that someone is happy that I did it this way. And then, you know, are new employees welcomed by seasoned staff? So do they have to go through an uncomfortable time of having to prove themselves? You know, atmospheres where learning and growing um, where learning and growing is fostered will help with retention. I've heard so many stories of these, you know, seasoned techs or seasoned doctors that just put new employees through the ringer. Like they, you got to prove yourself to me to be worthy of working here without having, you know, without being bullied, essentially. Um, it happens, it's out there. And I'm sure some of you listeners can either relate or have been in those situations. And it's not fun, it's not someplace you want to work. Um, I worked at a practice once that had a similar kind of initiation phase, and I left the first couple days that I worked there in tears because I just felt like an idiot. I felt like I wasn't smart enough or good enough for the practice. Now, it, it it did change over time, but that's tough. You don't wanna go into a new place that you're excited about working, especially, you know, thinking of if you're a new doctor or a new technician, um, or even just, you know, someone who's never worked in the veterinary office that's really excited about working with animals and they come into a practice and they just get slapped in the face with, you're not, you don't know what you're doing. You haven't been in these situations. You haven't done this and you just get beaten down. That's not a welcoming atmosphere for number one, that job. Or for our profession. And what we need is to be building people up. We need to be making sure that there's opportunities for you know advancement and, and learning and mentorship and things like that so that people get excited about this industry and people aren't leaving it. People aren't getting burnt out and leaving. Um, what we can what we can tell from COVID is that if it hasn't taught us anything, is that veterinary medicine isn't going anywhere. Um, People need to have, you know, their, their pets taken care of. That's, that's something that's not going to change. And, um, but if we lose all of our people and we lose potential people who want to take care of animals, then we're stuck in a really bad situation. So I really just want to, really zone in on that that the the culture and the atmosphere of your practice is is so so important and there's so many times where i i talk to practice owners or practice managers that you know think they have really great benefits or think they have a really good place to work but then they'll they'll actively look at me like they're exhausted they if i say something like do you have a lunch break and they laugh like what's a lunch break that's not a good atmosphere to work in. That's not a place that anyone's going to want to actively seek out to work or want to stay when the neighboring practice or the neighboring hospital, um, you know, down the road or, or even a different type of job has better work-life balance. Um, That's going to be more attractive to employees and more, more opportunity for them to want to leave your practice. So I want to just, uh, tell you a little story about um, something that I encountered about a month ago when I was visiting one of one of my my practices so um, having to do with whether you're burning your team out so I went into this I I was talking to a practice uh, practices office manager and was she's clearly a stellar employee. She was very intelligent. Um, she had brought a lot of assets to the team from her previous experiences, and she had great ideas. Um, she had already created some really, really cool things in the practice, but she was exhausted and felt like there was really no end to her chaos. I could feel it in her, her demeanor. I could feel it in the way that she was talking you know, the, the practice was extremely understaffed and the practice owner had one ad out and that ad was like a combination ad. So it wasn't even a targeted ad for a specific role. It was just kind of like um, a blanket one ad to try and gain attention from anyone in the veterinary field to come work there, which isn't going to really, it's not directive to, as to whether you need a receptionist or. um Or you know a veterinary assistant or a technician. So the practice owner also didn't want to invest further in additional ads or recruiting efforts, thinking you know word of mouth would work. They had a really great practice, Um, and this office manager was literally drowning. Um, And sadly, she was probably a little bit overqualified for her role, and I can't imagine she is going to want to stay there much longer. And this is a this isn't a bad practice. This is a very nice practice with really good people. The owner is wonderful as well, and so, you know, you could walk in and be like, "This is a beautiful practice. I want to work here. This is great." They 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 do provide good medicine. They provide good client care. Everything they checked off all those boxes. They had um, a pretty decent benefits package. Um, they they paid fairly decent for their employees, but in the end they weren't willing to invest in ways to get more employees to help the team. So they were unintentionally burning out the really awesome staff that they had. And that's, they you end up having people leave and you end up just keeping on the wrong employees because you just need a body in the practice and that creates more toxicity and this whole circle of, of badness. So invest in, in, recruiting efforts, invest in a really good ad, you know, look for your, your resources that are available to you. If you have consultants that are working for you, they can likely offer some kind of training or, um, you know, recruiting efforts, and just give it a try. At least, even if it doesn't pull in a new employee, if you're understaffed, it'll show your team that you're, you're with them, you stand with them, and you're, you're actively looking to make their life easier so you know COVID has created a myriad of problems but what it also has done is increase revenue and in most practices now granted there are some that that weren't able to survive um, but for the majority of practices that i've spoken with everyone is busy Um, everyone is seeing a, a crazy amount of new patients and and even existing patients. So what that equals is revenue. Now, if you're a practice owner or a practice manager and you're reviewing these metrics and you see that you're increasing revenue, then reward your team, reward your team with raises or bonuses, or even if it's not, you know, a salary increase, put money in training, put money in recruiting, put money in things that are going to make their lives better and make their work-life balance better. Um, If you, if you have the money, you know, you got that because these people worked really, really hard to keep the practice afloat during those busy times. And so it's really important that, you know, you, you show them that. And I'm sure there's plenty of listeners that are doing this and, and are, you know, offer the best possible scenario for their team and their team knows it. And, and you're still busy and you're still understaffed. And I get that, but I just want to bring attention to some of the things that are often overlooked when, when saying like, Oh, we can't, we can't keep anybody or we can't, we can't hire anyone. Everybody's looking, there's nobody out there. There are people out there. And and I see that in some of those, those, um, you know group forums that i'm i'm looking at where you know people are are looking for places to work and then there's just this like slew of messages that come in like oh well you're going to be burned out and um you know 20 years in and and i can't take it anymore so there are people that are good employees but they're just they're ready to leave the profession so we have to do everything we can to to keep them keep them with us keep them engaged and keep them happy so if you have questions if you have thoughts um you know we can we can definitely have a q a later on um in some in a further episode but um when we talk about some of these different benefits you know we really can dive in and talk a little bit more about benefits um i'll start with uh, just chatting about some Health insurance plans. You know, a lot of practices, actually, the majority of practices nationwide don't offer health benefits. So that means that employees have to get their benefits from, uh, you know, a spouse, or some of them are getting them from their parents, um, or some are getting them from the exchange, or not having benefits at all. So even if you can't afford Full benefits there are options out there. there are health plans that are um, you know minimum essential plans that you can offer. There are things that you can do to to offset cost of, of health benefits and if you're not doing that then you're you're behind the eight ball on every everything that other practices are doing. Is there work life balance? I mentioned earlier about the lunch breaks. I can't tell you how many practices just don't have a lunch break. They just don't have the ability to stop what they're doing. Practice is open, and doesn't stop. I understand, you know, not having the practice close off for a lunch break, but what you really need to look at internally is are you giving your team adequate time to take, you know, 20, 30 minutes to, to reset and to get refocused for the rest of their shift. And be able to enjoy their lunch, or are they eating it on the fly, or cold, or um, you know, uh, hours and hours late? Um, those things matter. Um, the uniforms that you have, I mentioned earlier. The not just like are you providing uniforms, but are you providing other things? Are you providing a, a jacket when it's cold, or um, you know, any type of swag that can help your team? Market your practice um, when they're not in the practice, and and what does that look like? Are you giving them one set of scrubs to work five days a week, Um, which doesn't really make sense? Um, The four hundred one k, you know, circling back to that, are you offering some kind of um, IRA or or four hundred one k plan that? the employees can invest and and have something for retirement, or are they just working and working and working and working with nothing, nothing added to to show for it. Um, Offer to pay for the final school year. We talked about that. Um, I've seen practices that will factor this into their um, associate veterinarian's contracts where they will help facilitate paying for, uh, you know, funding that last school year with the, agreement that the associate will work for the practice for a set amount of time, three years, five years, whatever, whatever the is fair for that particular situation. And that gets that um, new grad invested in your practice, number one, and it also helps you be able to guide the, the new associate and mentor that associate into, you know, the type of culture that you want to have for the practice. And then technology and just going back to my list earlier the technology is is so key Um, you know when you're thinking about looking for a new employee because you have turnover people that are going to apply for your job are going to visit your website first so does your website look clunky Do you have good pictures? Do do you feature your team members? Um, You know, what, what does that look like? What kind of experience is it when someone visits your website? If it's not that great and not that updated, not only are your clients going to step right over it, but new hires, new employees, new potential, they're not going to be interested. They're going to be like, no, this is a, this isn't an up-to-date practice. This doesn't really kind of jive well with what I'm looking for. So take a look at your your website and what you have and see if it's worth putting in a little bit of money to update that. And then education and training. When if you're looking for different resources, you know, reach out to your reps, reach out to to people that you have available to you, offering training to your team, you know, CE you know, paid CE, things like that, Um, things that you make it easier for your team members to access is going to make them more engaged. I know some of you will probably be thinking, well, my team doesn't want to sit and do an online CE that I'm requiring from them. No, that's not that's not what they want to do. You're absolutely right. But what they might want to do is participate in some type of leadership training. If you're putting them in a leadership role or they might want to. Understand better ways to to talk to clients that are upset or um, looking for ways to discuss, you know, sad things that are happening, you know, offering them compassion fatigue training, offering them things like personality testing, things that are fun. Um, That kind of stuff really gets employees engaged. And then also whether there's advancement opportunities if they're going to come on to your practice or if they're an existing employee of your practice and there's no room for them to advance they've they've essentially packed out they can't make any more money in their role they can't move up to any other role because other roles are taken you know people don't want to be sedentary their entire life so what types of things can you offer them can you offer them even if it's a branch out of their existing job can you can you give them something to, to have ownership with. Maybe they take over OSHA, maybe they take over, um, aha. If you're an aha practice, like the, the books for that, um, the preparation for the, um, when they're going through and, and doing their checkoffs, giving them some something else to be responsible for if they want that is sometimes really helpful. And then, um, lastly, just again, circling back to that culture, if you're not sure if you have a good culture i would highly recommend pulling your team surveying your team do an anonymous survey employee satisfaction survey um, and find out really what they feel um, whether or not they're happy what they would like to see in your practice what they um, what they already like about your practice Um, you know pull, pull and survey your team and find out really what the actual impression is of your practice and you probably could find all the answers to why you have turnover in that employee survey so thanks for listening Um, this was a little bit more of a boring boring not so fun discussion but um i hear you all and i know that this is a tough time so um, i hope that this has given you some insight and and allowed you to to see some different scenarios. So thanks for tuning in again, and I look forward to seeing you next time. Bye. Thanks for joining us on this week's episode of The Vet Detective. Like what you heard? Be sure to subscribe and tune in next time as we unfold our next veterinary mystery.